Hello and welcome to the DH Effect. I'm Hillary, and of course, you know my lovely co-host Sonia. You know, at the DH Effect, our number one priority is in building, maintaining, and even sometimes restoring trust. Now, while much of trust work is an inside job, the magic really happens when we put it into action out in the world. We can think of no two humans that are better examples of creating societal trust than our guests today. And we are so thrilled to have the founders of Awareness Ties, Ali and Jack McGuire, join us today to share how their story of courage and curiosity led them to create an international platform for all causes, capitalize all, okay, all causes. Through a magazine, podcast, and independent productions, they have a monthly global readership of 8 million plus inspiring and informing positive social impact one story at a time with compassion, creativity, and service leadership. Ali and Jack show up for one another in love and honor. They raise six children and nurture their advisors, columnists, and ambassadors, always arriving together with conviction that love is the answer when it comes to acknowledging the stories of humanity and creating a space to heal and understand. Welcome to you both. <laughs> well, thank well, you so much. We can end it right there. That was moving. <laughs> and now Jack is in tears and I'm about to cry. <laughs> you know, you don't sit back and think of the scale of it often mm-hmm. and like what you put into it. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're honored to be here and have this conversation today. Well, it's such a privilege for us. And as we're continuing to, I mean, we follow you as it is. And of course, Sonia is an ambassador for the educational um, area that you that you highlight as well. And so we know of you, but really sinking in not just to the articles, to, but to who you were as individuals was a little new lens for us to look at. And I have to say, I came away feeling filled with this love, not only for the world, but the love and trust you have in one another comes out and just shines. It shines through and it really filled my soul. So I want to thank you for that first. I wanted to make sure I got that in, but also we're really curious. What is it that sort of instigated this awareness ties? And, and I suppose our listeners, some of the listeners out there who haven't read all of them, like we have, what is awareness ties? (laughs) Yeah, well, so it's a great question. And thanks for having us. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. Start there. Yeah, again, very thankful just to be here and to share our story because again, we are sharing everyone else's story so often. Mm-hmm. To, so to share our own um, isn't something we do often. So awareness ties. What is this thing? Well, here's the logo for it. It's right there. And actually, this is what it started with was actual physical ties. Mm -hmm. Jack and I, we were at Paramount Studios. We were working on putting together an event for social impact filmmakers. And as opposed to another black tie event, let's said, let's do a gold tie event. And that gold tie being an actual physical symbol for the gold standard that social impact filmmakers are making um, in the industry to raise awareness. And so, you know, that idea, that concept was very well received. Everyone fell in love with it. Yeah. And the crazy thing is on the plane back here, we live in Michigan Mm -hmm. from LA is when it was born. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, we just did that. Let's grow it to all the causes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can jump back in with because it was well, well, yeah, I mean, it was to your point, it was one convert. What can one kind what can you do with one conversation? 
you can build a movement. And so that is what we did. And that, that flight back to Michigan is where it began. So as opposed to just a gold tie, like you see here, here's an orange tie. So what we decided to do was people are very familiar. You see a pink tie, breast cancer, it's purple, you know, domestic violence or a ribbon, you. right? The ribbon rather. Yep. The ribbon. And we said, well, so people know that methodology. Let's not recreate the wheel here. Let's just change it up a bit. So let's create these ties. And so we said, well, here you go. Let's, there are all these different color ties. You can put it on, you can slide it up a symbol of support for the various causes that we support. And it wasn't about necessarily, let's make this fashion designer tie. It was meant to be a conversation starter. Mm -hmm. So we see someone walking, you know, down the street and like, Allie, like, what is that obnoxious orange tie around your neck? He said, well, let me tell you, there's a story about that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what it started out um, as being. So we're having conversations mm -hmm. with the NFL. We're having conversations with American Cancer Society. We're, you know, getting this traction with Samsung in LA. And yeah, just yeah. imagine like a whole stadium wearing like veteran ties, like a yellow tie, mm -hmm. like, and just everyone wearing them. What like, a symbol oh. of solidarity that would yeah. be just visually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. dun, dun, dun. But we already knew that the story moves people. Yeah. We already knew that it was a conversation that would propel anything into the future. Exactly. We knew it wasn't necessarily about any physical ties. It was about the emotional and spiritual ties that come from the stories that we share, not the ties that we wear. Everything that ties so, us together. Yeah. Right. So that's where uh, awareness ties, that concept started. And so uh, we got into, okay, well, so how, if we're not going to do it, using ties initially we'll, we'll get to that but what are we going to do and so the concept was and jack had said why don't we just start interviewing people let's just ask people to share i'm like who doesn't want to speak about their passion mm -hmm. like who you know it doesn't matter who you are if you're passionate about something you want to get it out in front of people and so with that question we answered ourselves and well let's just do this and so aware now magazine started that way and we look back at so our first edition, I think, had like 20 pages or 26 pages. And now um, our largest, I think, was over 200 pages yeah. for it. So they're really not magazines. They're really books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're now books. And so, you know, you'll notice, too, it's just in the details, right? We've taken a long time to really build this out with such intention. And we've to ensure that we're always in complete alignment with our vision and with our mission so it's little details like the fact that every cover th there will never be a date on it issue right. number for sure mm -hmm. but never a date because we find that the stories we shared are always relevant like it doesn't six matter six months ago right are now so that's where aware now magazine started and um doing exclusive interviews personal stories and um and then what we do is we feature so it's still cause related but each month we, we try to tackle eat one cause mm -hmm. and then we have everyone contribute about that cause. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's well, and to that point, when we first started this, when we first started awareness ties and we said, so we're going to cover all the causes. We had so many people say, and you're going to fail. You have to pick one or two things to focus on, like pick a lane and stay in it. And we said, no, it's <laughs> a problem, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the whole purpose of what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. Like, like everyone wants to silo things into, you know, one category. Like if you have cancer, you have to stay here. Yeah. But what if you're cancer and you're LGBTQ? What if you're a veteran? What if, where do those people go? Yeah. Like, so yeah. we wanted to have some place where it's everyone. It's the human cause that we're really 
mm-hmm. building up. Like we don't need to be siloed. We need to come together. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like appreciating those struggles and those nuances of those, you know, different causes, but at the same time, like to give proper recognition, but also to recognize that I'll give you it for instance, of the over 800 stories we've shared, every one of them is so different and so unique, but there is one common thread, one common element. It is that cause, that human cause, this common thread of empathy mm-hmm. that is woven through all of them and ties them all together. When really, you know, if someone says, and this is a story I've shared before, and I'm going to share it again. One of the stories that we shared early on um, was about a young girl named Delilah. It was when I was first diagnosed with MS. So what do you do when you're first diagnosed with something? You go online. I have to connect with people who get this because I don't. I don't understand this. And so went on there, found this incredible person, Cecilia Baker, who is dealing with MS. And um, I was looking through her feed and yeah, there was things about MS, but there was also things about hashtag RET, hashtag RET syndrome. Like, what is this? And it's with photos of her daughter, wheelchair bound, beautiful, gorgeous, brown, curly hair, and these big glasses, just bright blue eyes. And I said, what's going on with this? What's this story? I didn't know. I wasn't aware of what Rett syndrome was. And so I did some homework and was looking into it. And it turns out it's a very rare disease, um, predominantly uh, that affects girls, young girls, and the life expectancy, not long. It's really rough. And um, I reached out to her. I said, hey, do you want to share your story. I wasn't aware about this. And I'm sure there's others that aren't either. And she said, oh my gosh, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. So she shared that story of all the questions that we've asked, of <laughs> the hundreds of questions asked in interviews. This question and this response is one that I will never forget. I said to her, Cecilia, what is the hardest thing about being Delilah's mother? And her response was the fact that when I wake up in the morning, I don't know that she will. They refer to Red as the silent killer. It takes kids often um, in their sleep. And um, so here's my question. Um, this, I don't have Rett syndrome. Jack doesn't have Rett syndrome. None of our six children have it. You want to bet that story didn't affect me, didn't affect us? So this is the problem where when we come so siloed, we forget the common things that we share, our humanity, being parents, loving, loss. Right. Just because something doesn't directly affect you or pertain to you doesn't mean you can't take something from it and build mm. from it. A, a lot of times, you know, like we get down. We, I mean, we have life. We're, we're like, oh, but then. I'm like, okay, let's put this into perspective. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, let's just look at one of our stories that we did last month. <laughs> right. And then perspective is everything because mm-hmm. if they can do it, we can do it. Like if, if someone is upbeat and happy, then we can be upbeat and happy. Like there's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, it just has to be something you can put out there. Absolutely. And it has to be also where you can, um, you know, again, of of these hundreds of stories that we've shared, it's like each story is an opportunity to look at life through a whole completely different lens. We feel like we've lived 800 (laughs) different lives because we've had the opportunity to step into those shoes and to see and hear and understand things that we never did before. And Jack always said, I love how you say, at the beginning, you will not be the same person, right? When you, if you read the whole magazine, the person you start as, 
you don't end that same way. Like you are a totally different person. You have perspective yeah. in so many different areas. Mm-hmm. Can I can I just say what I'm also hearing is for those um, in terms of courage th- th- that the stories are equal to each other. And that for many, many of us, it's like, oh, you know what, that story, it's not a big deal. It's compared to all these other bigger stories. And so there's this stratification of what is the important story. Mm-hmm. And of course, we hear it's bombarded to us every day in our media of what's important, what's worthy. And so what I'm receiving from you and to all of our viewers and listeners is to say every story is as important and every story must be shared. And I do hope that after listening, that the first thing they'll do is to share their story to someone. Mm. Um, and Jack, I, I would just love, I um, one thing that really resonated, resonated with me is um, an interview you did with Paul Rogers for Unplugged, um, for We're Now Unplugged. And you said something so powerful that resonated with me. Um, It was, and I forgot what the question was, but you said, you know, I wonder, everyone says, oh my gosh, well, I'm going to die trying to to change or to make that impact. And then you raise a question, but why not, why not live trying? Right. Right. Can you just share a little bit about that wonder, like that reveal for yourself and that that share? Well, Mm -hmm. it's funny, Ali, I talk about this all the time. (laughs) Like I'm the most positive person you can find. So if it's if it's even a negative connotation, nothing positive will come from it. So like I say, you can you know how they say you can feed or kill one two birds with one stone. I'm like, but why not feed two birds with one feeder? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like like so, nothing positive will come from a negative thought. Mm-hmm. Not ever. You you can't you can't have negative thoughts and and hope for a positive outcome. It just won't happen. You have to find the positive. There's always positive. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, but we learned this, this, and we can move forward. Mm-hmm. Like you just let it go and, and um, yeah. you just have to be, just project positivity. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that quote to Sonia so well. And um, and Jack and I, we, we circle around this all the time because I'm always like- She always says, I, I say, bleed for it. What would you bleed for? Like, what would- I'm bleed like, yeah, but what would you, what you live bleed? for? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, switch it. Like, what would you live for? We don't need to bleed. We need to live. Like, yeah. if you're not excited about what you're doing, then you're not doing something right. Yeah. I love that. That is so beautiful. And I do think it's really important for us to stop and think about that. Our language is so important. In fact, it was uh, just jokingly a couple of weeks ago, I, I did this big spiel on curiosity killed the cat. I'm like, that is so bogus. Like curiosity is <laughs> it's not, it, like, it's, it's what helps connect us. It's what helps us when I ask a question about your story, it's not just sharing our story, but it's also being curious mm-hmm. about other people's stories and accepting the fact that we each do that's the premise we need to start with, right? We each do have a story mm-hmm. and, and, and how cool to walk around this world and to be like, Ooh, I'm on, I'm on a scavenger hunt to find the next really neat story. Like, let me ask the questions. Cause I'm going to find it there and I'm going to pull out the goodness and, and learn from this amazing human. And I think that really is, I have to crack up with the idea of um, we have heard that often of, well, you have to pick a lane and you have to stay in it. Yeah. And you're like, I did pick a lane, humanity. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it is true just because it hasn't been done before, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't mean it can't be. And oftentimes it is just leveling up to this next thing. And, you know, Sonia brought up a really powerful, a powerful quote that 
really resonated. And, you know, you also, you have the shirt on, I don't know if our people can see it, you know, for those listening, um, I would love for you to say what it is out loud and, and talk to us a little bit about that message. Yeah. All right. So we will no longer ask for permission to change the world. Mm-hmm. So with that, you know, Allie and I in our kitchen, I mean, we just, we, we have ideas all the time. Like uh-huh. we have a board down there, a chalkboard that we just write on. Mm-hmm. And that, that I wrote that up there one day and it was, it was a whole kind of poem I wrote, but I'm like, we will no longer ask permission to change the world. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that means something like we can't stand by and, and not make a change. We can't wait for someone to say, okay, now it's your turn to make a change. Now, yeah. now, now do it now. Like you can't wait. You have to decide mm-hmm. that you're going to be a part of the change, that you're going yeah. to be a part of the solution. You might not have any idea or, or any thought of how you're going to do it, but just get involved. Like read a story from where in a magazine, get involved with DH effect, like, like just do one thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be your first step to changing the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it requires us to get out of that idea of, I mean, what I, I think I really love about the permission piece of it. And I'm going to, I think Sonia, I have a, I, have, I guess I'm going to guess, let me fumble over my words there for a second, that Sonia will have uh, a lot to say about this as well. But that permissioning is something that is really deep and seated from our childhood, oftentimes, this idea mm-hmm. of obedience. Mm-hmm. And it really does require disruption and disobedience to change the status quo and coming to this place where you mm-hmm. accept that as a superpower versus seeing mm-hmm. it as something negative. It, there's, it requires a shift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, and Jack and I talk about this often as well, the fact that we don't always know the next step, but we always know the direction. Mm-hmm. And if you can just stay aligned with the direction and trust the steps will be presented as you go. So often people are afraid that if they don't have a template to follow, well, how will I do it? It's not been done. I don't have a roadmap. And sometimes as long as you know the direction, those things you have to, and it takes courage and it takes strength. And you have to say, you know, what will we live for? And when you decide what that is, you have to, there is an element of trust of not asking for permission, not waiting for it, just going and doing and not being afraid to fail. Because in failing, there's always a win to be found a course correction to be offered. It's just the fact of you just have mm-hmm. to do right. And it's, it's really funny how, you know, with our kids, we instill ask for permission, ask for permission, ask for permission. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do it like it's the polite thing to do. You ask for permission, but there has to be a point. We have to make people strong enough that if it's not the right path, you have to mm-hmm. politely <laughs> change direction. Like, you know, you have to be okay with, with change, like change. We get so stuck in a rhythm of, of this, 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 that sometimes that this isn't always the right path. Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to not get accepted. Like, Hey, you guys are doing something not right. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I think that that's something in, in terms of the, the DH effect is really like, wait a minute. Well, we've been living in this, this world of like finding the validation, right? And that self-trust is where you have to start. Like how how can you extend trust to others if you, if you don't trust yourself? And um, my own story is, 
you know, I was my sister and I were raised by our very German father and ob- obedience was highly valued. And I was we were really great kids. And um, that identity was was there. And so obedience was kind of like, hey, I've thrived under this this wall of obedience um, and being a good girl. Um, and when I married my husband, um, first generation Mexican, and he was like, our, I want our daughters to push back. I want our daughters to raise the question. And I, I had a physical reaction, like, but, but then how can we control that? Like, how do we not like, and, and it was so, it was just so, um, um, what a big mindset shift to say, wait, what you're saying is that you want our daughters to trust their voices, Mm-hmm. to raise a question when it doesn't feel right and to build this assertiveness in a respectful way, right? Like, right, right, right. <laughs> but the thing I think is if we quiet, and that's probably when we quiet the voices down too much, they don't have an avenue and that assertive, the respectful assertiveness becomes this loud explosion because it, um, and not explosion. What would you say, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, this energy of lightness right? Right. <laughs> <It might be laughs> right. charged. And, and I thought, what I was hearing too is this having that faith first and, tr- and trusting yourself, having the faith in the direction that it will come. And this, that smaller step of moving forward is just, is so beautiful. And one lesson that I had to personally learn for myself as an adult, mm-hmm. an important mm-hmm. journey. I, I love that. And I, I'm sitting here and I'm laughing as well with, with the change in, in wording. Thank you so much for sharing that, that story, Sonia. I, and mm-hmm. I, I love listening to you talk about Papa. Um, but I, I have to tell you if you, we have a book recommendation. One of our favorite books is, um, Cassandra speaks. If you haven't read it yet, have you read it? You you have to read it. And Jack, you will, you will love it because it's a reimagining of our language and of the stories that we tell. And it's more from a feminine perspective, but it is, but it is a very, very interesting. So I'm, I'm giggling in my head because after we read that, we were doing the same thing because she talks about all the war analogies that we use in our language and how to change it. And so I, I don't know if you had that thought, Sonia, but I'm, I was like giggling. I was like, oh yeah, I remember like we went around for a week and it was like, <laughs> I, laugh me, I, just, I just make up my own words. Like I'll just make them. Like that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a, and so it is in the well, and it's it's also. Actually, I think you should hit on the acceptance. Like, like Ali struggles with like you know asking permission and 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 acceptance of like her own thoughts and like really pushing it out there. Like she, you know, we could easily write an email or something, and she's like do you mind if perhaps we could maybe, maybe, you know, if it's not a bother to you, I'm like, okay, so great email, but let's just say, yeah. this is what we're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. So it, like, it's like, we need you to be here today and we appreciate that. Thank you. Not maybe if you could possibly maybe sometime in the future. <laughs> right. So I, I think, and, and, and you two will probably very much identify this as well. When you start out on a journey, you're charting a new course and um, one that's not yet been, you know, um, created. It's, um, I grew up very much just being a pleaser. So it's interesting how your personal journey, and when you pair that up with your professional journey, how you can bring your personal self to that professional place and say, 
what work needs to be do here so I can perform the way I need to, to serve the way I want to. And um, so for me, very much a pleaser, not wanting to offend, not wanting to, uh, 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 and actually just do it. And I'm like, oh, that feels really good. Yes, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> How we don't have to ask permission. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's also finding strength in the words of others um you know looking jack and i look to each other for strength all the time for in all different ways um it's also in hearing other people's struggles finding way to manage your own struggles just by just by listening what a value there is again we have two ears and one mouth for a reason like let's make this ratio work properly (laughs) we need to be listening more than we're speaking and so you know there is a quote, we're talking about quotes that resonate. I want to go back to that for a moment because so Sage, Sage Gallon, who is one of our ambassadors, um, he said some words to me and I started crying instantly. And he's like, Allie, because I was talking about, we were having just a sidebar conversation. I was like, man, does it have to be so hard always? We're trying to do something so good and so right. Why does it have to be hard? It shouldn't be hard. And you know, he said, here's the thing. When it's hard, you know, you're doing something right. And this is why nothing offends the darkness more than the light. Mm. So the more light we are bringing to this world, the harder it's going to be. And so when it becomes all too hard, know that we are doing things all so right. And that is why, you know, so it's mm-hmm. finding those those statements that really provide the strength that you need to continue and carry on because it is, it is hard. It's not easy. The things that we do when you do something non-traditional, non-templated, right. You know, and just circle back real quick. um, You know, the reason why aware now we want access for everyone. We want it to be like the, the, the easiest access point for anyone that wants to get involved in causes. (laughs) You know, we want, everyone feels safe, everyone to feel, you know, that they have a voice. And it, it's like causes 101. That's really what we're trying to do. Like, right. get your truck. Like, if you don't know where to start, start here. Just open your mind. Right. You have to build your mind, which is just like a palette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's like a palette. It's just, it's so beautiful, you know, and, 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 and the, the courage to, to really show up knowing that you're doing the harder thing and that it's going to get harder. And I just imagine this Zion actually and the switchbacks to get up to the top. Um, and, and, you know, it, uh, Hillary and I, we always talk about um, being, having our cups full and what is it filled with? And, you know, the imagining these 800 plus stories filling your cup and, and some of them being really difficult stories. I mean, oh my gosh, if we could always just be in celebrate, celebrate, you know, like awareness is about the hard, the hard things. And we're so curious too about like, how do you, how do you refill the cup with the energy and love that you need to receive these stories and not, not have the weight of it, um, you know, carry you through because then it would be so much heavier to move forward. What fills you both up? Our love. (laughs) I'm seriously going to cry. (laughs) I mean, we just stand by each other and make Mm -hmm. sure, like I see her struggling with the stories and 
and like weighing heavy on her. I'm like, I'm like, you have to figure out how to let it go. Like, keep it in, but let it out. Like, we're putting the message out there. So once it's out there, like, you have to be able to breathe it in, breathe it out. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is. Like, she'll come and she's just like a, a crying mess. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, experience it. And now just got it. You got to let it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And so that that is an interesting question. It's like, how how do I become an effective empath? Like, how do I effectively manage empathy? And what a, what a gift it is to be able to feel that exchange of energy. But at the same time, to Jack's point, how do I release this? And I think it is every time, every time hit publish and we release a new issue of the world, there's almost like this cathartic, like, there's like this exhale, this, this almost freeing of these stories in this sharing that we do. And yeah, a lot of this stuff is heavy. Yesterday I worked with a story. I'm like, how can we want each and every story that we share to have an element of hope. Let's mm-hmm. recognize yeah. the heavy, but celebrate the hope mm-hmm. always in every story. It doesn't matter how horrible the situation is. What is there to take away? What We have to be able to provide the light within that dark, right? Mm-hmm. So yesterday working on a, a story and I was like, man, I just, I, I'm not sure how we can, how can we work with this to really, and at the end of the day, all of a sudden it just sort of presented itself very in a very organic way. And so I think that's how we refill is just sort of curating the hope, finding the light in the dark. And that's where we really feel full because if it was just dark and just heavy and reporting on this horrible, terrible thing, like, no, we're building relationships. Like, like, so, so the way we think about it sometimes is, every story is every person involved yeah. with awareness ties and we're now is family. Like, like, you know, sometimes you, you talk to your, your mom every day. Sometimes you talk to a cousin every once in a while, but they're always there. That's kind of like these stories. They remain mm-hmm. with us and it, it just becomes family. Mm-hmm. And, and I think almost everyone we've connected or talked with is involved like more than once, more than twice. Oh yeah. It's but, never a single conversation. It's never a one and done situation. And so I think that, helps to keep us full just knowing that we feel like our family is growing every day with every issue with every story there's a new connection and that energy and i think if you keep that that perspective then you can feel more because you can never Mm -hmm. you can never run out of love like there's you can always find love like right finding love (laughs) i love that you know i think that what you're saying is so important and there's comes to mind, Ali, I'm thinking specifically for you, because I I have felt, I've been there with feeling crushed by by a story or by what's going. And I read something and I I know this is so semantic. So Jack, this will be your happy place. Um, But this it's it's very semantics and and I get it. But I try to imagine and this is from humankind um, from a book called humankind and it just resonated the difference between empathy and compassion and that actually empathy is when you say you're with someone and it shuts it actually shuts down your brain. It, it actually is this place where it lights up a part of your brain that you feel like you're so with someone that you don't know what to do compassion and again this is semantic so you can use the word empathy but it helps for me to separate right yeah. compassion is i am for you 
Mm-hmm. And when I'm for you, I moved to act. And when I move to act, I don't live in the emotion, but I move forward and there's a different energy with it. And it actually lights up a different part of the brain. And so ever since I've read that, you know, take, take the splice the words how you will, but it's just helpful for me to think about it different. I go, wait, am I with this person or for this person? And if I'm for them, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And that has been, that's been life-changing, at least for me in, in not staying stuck. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I think that that's that's huge. Uh, and that's thank you well, for sharing that. Because we're so empathetic and we we we're both empaths and we feel things. And that's important for us to feel it before we can act on it. So we like the personal connection and then the compassion for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I hear you for sure. And that's right. We just live in the empathy world because because we're so but the action is, is, I mean, that's why we share the stories is the action. Why, right. why we know that this will move someone if it moved us. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that. Well, that's and, great. and so that's great advice though, too, right? Like to let yourself be there, mm-hmm. sit there with it, like feel that then move forward, you know, with compassion to act. Mm-hmm. And so it's allowing, but don't say, don't stay there, mm-hmm. be there, don't stay there. And I think that's, that was a lesson I learned firsthand without realizing that I learned it. <laughs> but now that you're describing it this way, okay. I, I understand it now that in this next issue, we're going to have a story about a couple who lost their daughter, mm-hmm. um, a tragic sort of accident, um, and now has created a grief sanctuary for others to have a space, not only creating a space, but holding space mm-hmm. for people to do that healing, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I- I'm sharing this with you now, because just to share this example that I was looking into their story, read their, watched the video of their grief story. And I went into the other room and I was like, Jack, I was like, I just need you to hold me right now because I empathetically was there. Mm -hmm. I've not lost a daughter, but I felt like I did in that moment. Mm -hmm. I could feel her pain. I could feel their pain. And Jack and I were just like, oh man, we can't imagine. We can't. So we sat with it and we were there with it. And what's interesting on another note is that when you hear these stories, when you really hear them and you do become part of them, that's a moment that Jack and I then shared together Mm -hmm. and that brought us to this place. And so not only you as an individual hearing a story, but in the sharing that we do, um, just again, this flow of energy and this gift that they receive within that loss the gift that they found that they can give to others by sharing their story to let people know you are not alone. And all of us need that. All of us mm-hmm. need that. Mm. I told you, Hillary, we can- <laughs> it's just so incredibly powerful. And I just, let's see if we can, you know, reimagine, you know, you know, the, all the, the doing and all um, the hard work um, and the stories being shared and the momentum that's building. And we like to call it the effect, like, you know, the DH, the decided heart is the work that we do to create the effect. And, you know, it's, imagine this ripple effect and aware now and awareness t- ties is just huge. Um, what, how do you want to see the world differently? Like if you, if this continues on, right, do you, do you reimagine a Brene Brown says paint the picture of what would the world look like? How would it be different? Mm -hmm. 
I think one of the things is that there would be, I feel like right now in society, there's such a threshold of judging, of labeling, of there's this barrier to entry in terms of like, it's like our, our whole humanity is here. It's like, there's this barrier here. Like, why can't we connect? And it's because there is this construct you know, that this is the way things are. And if you're not in this camp, if you're not in this silo, then, you know, go find your silo. Mm -hmm. And I think ours would be a silo-less society where we can all just not only, a few things, be aware of one another, accept one another. And the third, which is very important, appreciate Mm -hmm. each other. Because it's one thing to have everyone at the table, but are you listening to what they're saying? Again, it goes back you to know? the human cause. Like, like we're all human. We're yeah. all like, you can strip down anything from any person and it boils down to we're human. That's a human being. That's a human being. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it feels like there are lots of silos right now. Mm-hmm. And it feels like there's a lot of movement being done. And a lot of people are opening and, and being awake. Um, but it's gonna have to go way this way for it to be even like like so we're gonna get inundated with it and and people are already saturated with it and burnt out from like okay you know i don't need to hear about pronouns and i don't need to hear about anything like that but we it's been this this way so long that it's gonna have to go this way to get here yeah i mean just like anything i mean Mm -hmm. black lives matter everything i mean you're gonna hear this much about it just to get it to, to the middle right and and it's going to be tough it's going to be hard like yeah. like people just think you know change is easy change is difficult change is change is hard when it's on a mass scale like that mm-hmm. and it, it takes little by little well and i think you know when you're talking about like what is it that we hope we see i think we are already we hope for others to be able to have the gift to see it the way we do i guess and that to have the patience for other people. If there's someone who has very different views than you, like, okay, like I see you, I still appreciate you. We're not, we come from different places, but we're at different levels and different places in our lives, having the different experiences that we've had, different lived experiences. Um, so we're gonna be different. We're gonna have different perspectives. And that's that's okay. You have to be okay you know? with with someone not being the same as you. Like right. the other night, our son asked me, he's like <laughs> as if we're talking him in he's like what does have an open mind mean and he's six i'm like well i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i'm like well say your friend over there likes to wear shorts to school all the time even in the winter and and everyone thinks that's crazy and weird but you have to have an open mind and say that's okay that's just what they like Mm -hmm. and he's like oh okay (laughs) and then and, and it's a slow progression like that if we teach our kids you know have an open mind like he's different he's 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 in a wheelchair and, and all your friends aren't have an open mind he he gets to do wheelies and right <laughs> right find the good and and have an open mind find the good oh that's a t-shirt find the good find, find the good i love that i love that you know I, I would love i know we're gonna we need to close up soon as although i don't really want to okay. at all sonia darn it anyway <laughs> That you bring these amazing people. No. Um, and why can't you live closer? So <laughs> all of the things. So my, I would love to ask a question before, before we, you know, our audiences want to know 
how to get a hold of you, how to read aware tie, like are aware, aware now, all of it, all of it is going to, but I would love selfishly for my own joy and filling my own cup today <laughs> to ask you both to tell each other what you appreciate in one another. Oh. <laughs> Mine's easy. It's everything. <laughs> <laughs> Really, since we've been together, um, it's five years now. Mm-hmm. Our first, we got married six months. No, no, oh, four what? weeks. Oh. Four weeks after we met. Oh, six months. True story. Six yeah, months. we got married. Four. <laughs> oh, six months. We we built our first company. We oh, built four yeah, companies in our first six months. And as a team, we everything that I was like as a person, she's abundant in it, and. <laughs> She's abundant in everything, <laughs> but she can, she can build anything. She has great mind and, and somehow we just work like so good together. There's so much to appreciate about Jack. I mean, certainly it's just, just being in his presence makes my heart feel good. So there's something just to not be defined that I, that I wish I had words for, but I really don't. But beyond what I can't define, what I can define is the fact that he will always say that things are possible. And when I come to him to say, but this, but this, he's like, but that's okay. He always makes everything okay. And that's what I really appreciate um, about Jack. Um, And just, uh, I have a a tendency to complicate things (laughs) and be very verbose. And Jack's like, <laughs> and it gets to be like this short, concise. I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, we could do this. Da, da, da. I've got this whole big whiteboard of things. And he's just like, I was like, well, that works too. Yeah. <laughs> my, my big thing is if you can't explain it to a five year old, you don't understand it yourself. Right. Like that, we have to simplify everything if you want it. This is something we learned, and I know we have to go, but you can't change a person, they have to want to change. So you have to give them the information, the education, the idea, the awareness that they want to change. You can't you can't force someone to change by laws, by regulations, mm-hmm. by anything. They have to want to change. They have to want it. And, and if you can't get them excited or make them aware or, or knowledgeable, they won't change. Right. So you have to not dumb it down. You have to make sure you understand and you can explain to a five-year-old. Make it accessible. And I think that's where Jack and I have a shared appreciation for each other is that we understand that to create change, you have to find the common denominator, right? Like the common denominators that we share that we're like, yes, this makes sense. And the same thing with complete strangers that we've never met. What is the common denominator here where where we can have the conversation? I was never good at fractions or math, but I did understand that to make fractions work, you have to have a common denominator, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing in society. Like, what is the common denominator? And with the stories that we share, it's simply our humanity. And when we can just celebrate that and honor that, as opposed to try to define it and put it in boxes and silos, let's just acknowledge, accept, let's learn from it. Yeah. Thank you, Hillary, uh, also for having that question, because what what you model is that aware now, awareness ties is a bloodline to everything that you two are. 
and to create the change, it truly and <laughs> it does really come down to how how do I want to show up? And if I want to be a founder of this entity that is a movement, how am I um, how do I own that for me? And how am I responsible for that with my us? And that us to start with you both, and then of course your children. I mean, there's that there's the the pebble that dropped that created this effect. And so it's just so beautiful to hear. And can I just say three t-shirt sayings have been originated through this conversation? <laughs> find, find the good, everything's possible. And if you can explain, I don't know how to do this into a t-shirt, but if you can explain it to a five-year-old, then you're good. <laughs> so I just yeah. want to, I just want to acknowledge that, 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 that happened here at this interview. <laughs> I, think it, I think it should be, don't be smarter than a five-year-old or something like that. Right. Right. Like, are you smarter than, oh goodness. So our audience is going to want to learn more. They're going to want to read. They're going to want to get a hold of you. What is the best way? And of course we'll have all the links and everything in there. But they would love to hear from you. What's the best way to get a hold of you and to start learning about this movement? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's just going to our website. It's IamAwareNow.com. We made it very simple. And um, go there. It will have access to the magazine, to the podcast. Aware Now TV is going to be coming soon. So you'll be able to read the stories, hear the stories, and watch the stories. One last important thing. Mm -hmm. Aware Now and magazine will always be free yeah we we want to make sure it's accessible to everyone mm -hmm. um and we've deliberately done that so we, every story yeah. turns into a podcast so or just about every story we try so, yeah as much as so we, we want as much accessibility as possible and we want to always keep it free for everyone right and just the fact that um when they do come they do see uh we did just add a new a new tab on the website under magazine where it says submit your story or share your story. Mm -hmm. And so we really want not only a place where you can hear stories, but a place where you can share your story. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you'll see um, coming out and being pushed forward as well. So, uh, so let's see one more time. Oh, I am aware now.com. <laughs> I we're definitely going to have you both back if, if you will uh, in the future, just to follow, you know, the, um, the momentum that you're building. Um, and I, you know, for us, it's just hearing more of the people who are, and I'm, we're, I'm gonna be a little, we're gonna be a little biased, but living with a decided heart and creating that effect. It's just something that we're just so honored to have. So hopefully you will come back. Um, thank you to everyone, to our listeners, our viewers for joining us for this episode today. Please be sure to follow us on our social media platforms as well as Awareness Ties. Be sure to look out for their links as well. Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform and the YouTube channel so you'll never miss a DH Effect episode again. Check out our website, thedheffect.com for more great opportunities to nurture your decided heart. Until next time. May you have the courage to live with a decided heart. <laughs>